Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Welcome, everyone. This is View from the Rafters. Today, we're bringing in a man who hails from basketball country. Life is funny. Okay. Oh, good one. Don't go there. Not yet. What will we talk about in our podcast? The Bus One Boys. This is a crazy story. Not that actor is a basketball player? The crazy thing to me is like where you came from. Yeah, we're all older than we think we are. Always go bleed green, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, it is hard to believe, but season three of View from the Rafters is coming to a close, and we thought, what better way to close it out than looking back at the best moments from the first 11 episodes of the season, and there's no other way to start that out than by looking back at last week's episode when Luke Cornett stepped in as guest host, and he delivered the goods. If you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it, but in the meantime, if you want to just see the top clips, here they are, and trust me, there are a lot of them. Um, oh, so... Obviously, you know, from your time in Virginia and on, you've had the nickname as the president's due to, or the president due to your striking resemblance to uh, number 44, uh, President Barack Obama. You know, your voice, your look, all that stuff. I'm sure you're familiar with this. Are you, are you familiar with that? Yeah. All right. Well, um, also, you've been pretty politi- or politically active. Um, and I was just wondering if you might have a future campaign on your own. I actually polled teammates uh, to see, like, what question they'd want me to ask you. Uh, concerning your future campaign and there's really just one thing that came around resoundingly like every single person on the team was primarily concerned with this so if you could you know answer from your uh not your delegates or constituents uh they'd appreciate that so uh the one question i got from the team was unanimous uh what will you do to decrease tax rates for high income earners this inflation's a big problem so they're you don't have any plans? I don't have, I don't have an answer. You don't have any plans for that? I didn't say I was ever running. You might want to prepare People say yourself. That. People say I should run. I've never said that, so. Okay. Well, you know, I'm, I think I'm you could obli- do it. I'm not, obliga- do it. I'm not obligated to answer that, so. I think you should be a little more glass half full on that one. <laughs> I think you can do it. Okay, I appreciate it. There we go. Malcolm Brogdon <laughs> running for president. 20, how old do you have to be, 35? 20 never. 35, so you could have done Tw- it like 20, six years ago? 20 never. Is that right? <laughs> Very young. 
The joke there is that he's old because he spent all his time in college. All right. All right. So now it's time to, this is what we all came here for. And, uh, you know, so it's been well documented for Malcolm throughout this year. Um, he's a top candidate for a very prestigious NBA regular season award. I mean, it's, it's no surprise. Like, people have been talking about it all year. And uh, I bet you're wondering also, like, why we were so adamant about having you on. And, like, I know you didn't really want to do it, but it was like, no, we need to get him here. We need to get him here. We get her. Well, I, I really can't believe the, like, the powers that be allowed, like, this to be the time and place for it. Um, but it's how they decided to go. So it is without uh, much further ado that um, I would like to award you, Malcolm Brogdon, with uh, the 2022-2023 Boston Celtics Training Room Trivia Third Place Award. Um, so here's the award. Uh, third Place Award. We do pregame trivia every day and on the road games with 90 minutes on the clock. And Malcolm this year battled through thick and thin, no matter what happened. I say he showed up every single day and he, he really gave his best. And um, yeah, third place is something really to be proud of. Uh, it's signed by the, you know, the leader, Paul West of the, of the trivia commission. And I just wanted to award that for you. And it also comes with um, a little bag of monster trail mix. I made a stop at target the other day. <laughs> Malcolm is a very disciplined eater, but we've shared a bond about uh, secretly gorging on uh, Masha trail mix because it feels like trail mix, which is a good snack, but frankly, it's it's dessert. So here's your uh, your reward. I'm not I, taking. I'm not taking uh, the award. You, you, you cheated. You cheated this all. Is blood money. If you, you cheated. Take the trail no, listen. Mix you don't take the award. No, listen. You cheated yep. all year long to get that. It's not cheating to get the first because you're you like you're first. Are you first? Are you first? What? what? Are you first? Oh, am I? I I haven't checked the. I just was here if to you, present this for you. Did you win? I mean, I was winning for most of the year, and so unless something happened in the last game, remember I was, I'm not I was thinking about that. taking it off. I'm not taking that. just because you make a sheet of paper with my name on it and it says third third place. I'm not taking it. That's that's not very gracious of you. That's I'm a pillow. Not taking. No, I don't think gratitude is pillow. <laughs> well, I guess you could. Well, maybe I'll frame it, and then it'll it'll be a little more sure to do it. Also, I didn't cheat, but that's neither here nor there. I played by the rules of the game. You guys did not like it, but the results speak for themselves. So, yeah, that's about it. You know, a lot of fun we had here. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, I got to say, it's a pleasure having you on. You're the very first guest. Um, a day that will forever go down in infamy? Well, that's probably not it. That's probably not how I want to land in with that. That's not great. But yeah, thanks for having me on. And I'm sorry that you didn't want to accept your prestigious award. But we'll hang on to it for you. The interview was, it, this was solid until you, really? until you brought that out. Oh, what are you talking about? You did really good. Third is really good. And there's like five uh, competitors. So third of five is like middle of the pack. I think third of five, if you, if you had a full team for five people, I think there'd be two starters. So technically you'd be the sixth man of the trivia. Thanks, Malcolm. It's a pleasure to have you on. Love you. Um, Sam Hauser. So this is your first real like full season in the NBA last year spending time in Maine and stuff. And believe it or not, Samuel Hauser, Samuel David, ours truly right here. He led the NBA in defensive rating 
And also at a point near the very end of the season, he was leading the league in percentage of defensive possessions that he was isolated against, meaning <laughs> teams keep trying to get him in the action, although you lead the NBA in defensive rating. And so I'm just wondering, is there any possible reason why you think teams would continue to do this? Well, Despite the evidence that states otherwise. Yeah, um... You, you know, I think it might just be my experience in the league, you know. Your experience in the league that you're kind of younger? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that might be it. That might be it? Yeah. That's what you think it is? I have no idea what you're talking about there. <laughs> All right, yep. Uh, so, yeah, we can, we can also we can keep. Ah, it doesn't really matter. You can have some if you want. I'll Feel break, free to help I'll yourself. Break in the cheddar. Oh, love a good cheddar. Oh. It's, I know it's not like... Wisconsin, Wisconsin cheese, but I did my best than I could. It was after bedtime. And Target brand's to, good. So to make something happen. All right. Uh, so we got a new little segment here. Uh, if there's one thing that people in this team and organization know Samuel for, uh, what is it that they always say about you, Sam? They always say this about you. They say that Samuel Hauser, he... It's from Wisconsin. Nope, that wasn't <laughs> it. It's, a, it's just that, oh, he's... That's Samuel Hauser. He's the Frank Caliendo of the NBA. <laughs> Because he's got elite impressions, so so we're gonna we're gonna do a couple of impressions here. Um, here, I'm gonna hand you the line. Okay. Uh, first, I'm gonna introduce the character, and then I'm gonna mm. hand him the line. Please do. Uh, so this would be uh, Ryan Gosling's dad from the 2000 blockbuster film <laughs> Remember the Titans, after his son is subbed out. Uh, so wait, once again, this would be Ryan Gosling's dad from the 2000 blockbuster Remember the Titans. After his son was subbed out. Yep. Okay. Here's the line. <laughs> Yoast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's it. All right. That's the first one. Um, second one. We'll see if you're uh, willing. Uh, it's it's one of two people. It's either our Australian performance coach Jay Delaney or and or <laughs> physical therapist Steve Mount. Ooh. I've got a line for you if you uh, sure if you want to give Would that one a to. shot. Would love to. This yeah. is our. I might give it a shot after you as well. Oi, me thinks you should put some ice on that, you should. There you I go. Feel like, no, I feel you like you should give it a I think you need to give it a Usually when they talk, this is how that's. Yeah, Because yeah, fun fact it. about Australia is it's ba- basically uh, like Cockney English. Um, <laughs> and it's, I mean, at least in my mind, I'm just taking this from uh, was it Kingsman. Kingsman. That's yeah. where I'm stealing yeah. this from. And Peaky Blinders is apparently a show, but I don't really know. Because I think it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more subtle. Yeah, you should lean in. A little this more one. subtle. So some like, <clears throat> oi, me thinks he should put some ice on that. You should. <laughs> <laughs> it's so aggressive. <laughs> it's so aggressive. All right. Oh, here we go. Last one of the impressions. I'm, I'm getting warm. All right, uh, Sam, if you just read the below sentence. Uh, this one was actually. At the request of a certain teammate who will remain nameless. Fair. Um, yeah, not even a character. We just want you to read that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The talent. <laughs> yep. I hate you for this, Luke. <laughs> the talented baggage man <laughs> balanced and flagged my Jaguar bag. Wow. I, can I, can I give another to, shot at it? You want me to do it again? Yeah, I the feel talented like should... baggage man balanced and flagged my Jaguar bag. That was pretty good. There you yeah, go. bring out the Midwest. Yeah, the talented me. baggage man balanced and flagged <laughs> my Jaguar bag. 
something like that. Sounds that sounds yeah. about right. right. Yeah, I guess that one wasn't even an impression. That was just asking it's you just to read me. a sentence. It's yeah, just was, me to sound like me. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, a lot of you knows, but uh, our Samuel is actually. <laughs> it sounds very condescending to say it that way. Uh, he's recently engaged and he's planning on getting married this summer. Congratulations, Sam. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, so I'd like to dedicate this last segment to the absolute best part of being engaged. And so this segment, uh, I'm just going to, uh, welcome to unsolicited marriage advice with Luke Cornett. <laughs> this is all you're going to get for the next like five months. I can't all wait. Right, here we go. So this is the first one. I want to hear what you think about okay. these. Uh, so this is some good advice for you. Uh, okay. marriage isn't a contest, so never keep score said the loser right <laughs> i can i can take that with yeah me. i won't i won't say the score i can take that with me i don't say the score of my own but like let's just say it looks like me and you are playing the whole fourth quarter <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> you're done right about yeah, that yeah okay all right uh, <clears throat> This is just my turn to say jokes, so I don't even, I'm not even sure why you're here. I'm just laughing. Let's hear a laugh. A good marriage is one where each partner secretly suspects they got the better deal. Well, I only had to pay my father in law two goats for my wife, so I'd say I got a steal. (laughs) (laughs) Do you tell that to your father in law? Uh, No, that's like, so it used to be a thing of like dowries, you know? And, uh, yeah, hopefully he doesn't say this. <laughs> I'm, sending, um, I'm sending it to him. Eli Lilly, coaching at Butler, coaching for Boston, now president. Why do you find it so hard to hold on to a job? Yeah, yeah. No, that's one of the, one of the challenges yeah. is, is I think people get sick af- of me yep. after a certain amount of time. Tell you what. So uh, the clock is ticking again, <laughs> um, and so I'm just always on my toes. <laughs> What's the secret to running a successful NBA franchise? The answer might surprise you. Next on View from the Rafters. Can I can I take a guess I at it? I don't know. Can I'm I take only a guess in my at second it? year. You should ask Zarin. My my guess at it was uh, have had Danny Ainge draft franchise altering talent. No, no question. So that's how we ended the season with Luke Cornett. Back in February, we opened the season with a live recording at Encore Boston Harbor with six-time All-Star Blake Griffin. And during that conversation, Blake pretty much broke the internet by revealing to everyone that the Bus One Boys are a group within the Celtics. That's the group that rides the first bus over to games. And the content that came out of that, I mean, everyone was loving it. It carried on the entire season. Here is Blake breaking the news of the bus one boys. How close have you gotten with that bench crew? I mean, you guys always walk into the arena together, especially if you're on the phone. Peyton and Luke and Sam Hauser. Yeah, we call ourselves Luke, your best friend in the world. Hey, Luke is awesome, man. But I don't know if everyone hasn't watched, like you guys on the bench next to each other is, yeah. it might be the best part of every night. It's, uh, I, he's so funny, man. <laughs> and uh, playing unbelievably well. Uh, that's another guy, the way he's playing now, I mean, it seems like he could go to a team and start. Um, if not start, he could play a lot of minutes. Um, Luke is great. We call ourselves the bus one boys, uh, because we always take the first, we always take the first bus. There's three buses to the arena on, on, on away games. We always take the first bus and 
<laughs> the energy's pretty electric back there. <laughs> know, are you on back? Are you on the first bus? I'm on the second bus. Well, you're missing out. I'm not allowed on the first bus. Probably for that. Can yeah. we can we launch another podcast of you guys going bus on bus one the to bus the one game bus. every night? We'll bring a microphone and just let you guys hear what <laughs> we talk about. Bus. Listen, if I know Luke Cornette and Blake Griffin, that would be <laughs> yeah. gold. It's uh, right. we have a we we made a we we made a like a logo. <laughs> Some, Did you really? We might be selling some merch soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How early do you guys get there? Uh, what for a seven thirty game? The first bus is like depending on how far we are from the arena, right. like three forty five, four o'clock, or something like that. Because I mean, in your heyday, right? You had a, a three hour routine that was. I mean, I mean, I've, I've, I've always taken that, that bus, yeah, because my routine hasn't changed at all. So I've always been on that bus. Um, but this now it's just the the group of guys on this bus are just great. I mean, and everybody else too, but like. It's, uh, I, I almost look for, we played in LA, you know, sometimes when you play where you, you reside, guys will let you stay at home. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Malcolm when we were in Atlanta and like guys like that, I was stayed at home and I drove to the hotel just, just to take the bus. Because <laughs> I didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to miss anything. That I've never you know, seen. You miss a bus, you, you're that. down on inside. Just. So Luke really is your best friend. <laughs> yeah, they all are. Man. Who else is on that bus? Just so that we. Sam Hauser, Peyton, Luke, Justin Jackson myself that's the crew yeah love it yeah how you said you mentioned the locker room dynamics and that this group is a little different how different are they because you have been in a lot of locker rooms between that group and then also with jason and jalen and then you have grant who is always talking (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's talking right now somewhere somewhere and marcus right there there are some big personalities in that. For group. sure, yeah. You don't always know what the like the the intricacies of a team yeah. are like until you really get to the team. You see, you know, you you some guys are very reserved. They don't talk as much to anybody. Some guys, you know, have their two three guys they're close with and don't talk as much to other guys. And it's, I know it's probably shocking. It's a group of twelve to fifteen guys. You think everybody is always getting along, but this group is it's like unbelievable. Everybody will talk to everybody, and everybody has a thing with everybody. We'll sit on the plane sometimes, and just somebody will bring up like a uh, NBA debate, and it'll just be like guys yelling like <laughs> they're they're. Can you reveal it. one? Uh, it's yeah, it's a lot. A lot of it is like um, like this player versus this player, like back in the day. Okay, you know, so you'll take it could it could go down to names you might not even have heard. Um, and we'll debate that. We'll debate best cities to travel to, um, whatever it is. Like those are those are some examples. Cleveland, I love Cleveland. You do not. <laughs> I mean, what? listen, so, <laughs> no, it's not great, but <laughs> I'm also from Oklahoma City, so everybody's like top five worst Oklahoma City. <laughs> All right, guys, relax. You're like, bro, like the people are really not. Let me take it a right, breakdown huh? and show you what it's all about. We'll go walk the Riverwalk. Point <laughs> <laughs> three miles. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. All right, we also got Danilo Gallinari back at the beginning of this podcast season, and we talked to him about a lot. That was a very wide-ranging conversation about his career, his time in Boston, and his rehab. But one moment stood out above the rest. It was when he told the story of his first interaction in a preseason NBA game with Kevin Garnett. It was intense. He remembered it very vividly, and this is him telling that story and really what he learned from that moment facing off against Kevin Garnett. You come in, Dillo, as a rookie in 08. The Celtics have just won the championship. And this is what I want to get to about sort of a changing mindset about younger players. I've been working with Cedric Maxwell. We've been doing the games together forever and ever. Talk about being older than you think you are. In the preseason, you played against the Celtics. As this is going to be one of your first games ever. And we both commented as it's happening. Here's a 20-year-old kid. And there was a sense, all the players we've already talked about, high skill level. And your skill level, we knew what it was. But there was almost an attitude of not getting pushed around. And that team, Kevin Garnett, and those guys, they love to they love to talk and they love to push kids that around. That was what they did. And what I remember more than anything, and Max and I still talk about it to this day, whenever your name comes up, was you walked in there as a 20-year-old kid and you pushed right back. Do you remember playing against this that Celtics team and some of the veterans that like to intimidate when you yeah. first came? I remember a couple of moments with KG. Yep. Uh, but... Can we can we talk about yeah, that? Yeah, language words. <laughs> I remember one we G rated. We played. <laughs> you learned some new words. We played. Uh, we played. Uh, I remember we played at home uh, in New York against the Celtics, and we are walk. They call a foul or something. We walking back. We are at half court. Me and KG, and KG to an elbow me, and I just threw an elbow back, and I told him you're doing it to the wrong guy, and from that moment, I'm honest. I, I had a you know, always played against each other. He's a great player. I always liked him. Uh, and from that moment, honestly, with KG, even if we played against each other, it was always great between me and him. Uh, it was like you pushed, earned the respect well, because you pushed yeah, back. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I think maybe we can ask him now, but I think that I earned his respect. Um, and and every time we played against each other, even if, you know, for after he went back, he went away from the Southeast Minnesota and stuff, um, it was always great to play against him, and, and I, I honestly could feel that he respected me, uh, and it was, of course, a mutual respect. Of course, he's one of the best, so um, 
but that's something that uh, I always had in my nature. Um, I I was it was since I was a little kid, uh, and so because I always I was always playing against people that were older than me. When I signed my first contract, I was sixteen. I was playing with thirty five years old. Yeah, that's crazy. And so they were they were they wanted you know they yeah. were like this sixteen year old kid <laughs> coming to play with us and playing more than me. No, it's not gonna happen. So you, you had get, to push back. You get hit big time, badly on and off the court. But you know, it was it was a great challenge for me, and I honestly liked it. Uh, sometimes you have to learn how to like it. Sometimes you like it because it's in your nature. Um, and so it, I thought it was, you know, just going the NBA is no difference. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, thinking about 08, uh, what made my Pat even harder was the injury. Yeah. Because you get drafted by the Knicks, number six. You get booed like crazy. Yep. Uh, you that have to. to everyone. Happened to Porzingis <laughs> later. Yeah. You have to um, establish yourself in the league and you are drafted by the Knicks and you get injured right away. Mm-hmm. You only play 28 games the first season. It's tough. Then you got to come back the second season. And now prove yourself. Um, and, you know, I, have very, I had a very good second season. And, you know, I was able to turn those boos into applauses. But my path was even harder because of the early injury that I had and surgery that I had my first, my rookie season. Now, we thought you all might be interested in what it's like to be an NBA scout. It's a crazy life. And we were right. This is one of our most popular episodes of the season. We brought on Austin Ainge and Ashley Battle. They talked about all of their experiences on the road. And Austin opened up the episode by telling a wild story from one of his experiences out in Europe. You need to hear it, and here it is right now. Austin, I know you've been doing this forever. A million miles logged on flights. Probably stayed in thousands of hotel rooms at this point. Let's just jump right in. What's the craziest story that you can tell us from from your travel adventures over the years? I've got a I've got a number. Uh, Europe is usually where the the real <laughs> real fun happens. Um, Mario Hazonia, I was here scouting him when he was playing for Barcelona, and I went to watch a game in Athens, Greece, of his. And Barcelona was up early, and someone called in a bomb threat. And I didn't know what was going on there, speaking Greek over the loudspeakers and everything. And it's I, all Greek to you. I, I, I grabbed an agent. It's like, hey, what is going on? He goes, oh, don't worry, don't worry. This happens if the gamblers are down and they're worried. They just don't <laughs> stop the momentum. And so they evacuated oh, is this us where all. we're heading in the NBA? Oh, God. They, they, oh, they, no. they pull us all out for 40 minutes, let the bomb-sniffing dogs do a loop, and then they bring us all back in. But they don't, they don't check tickets on the way back in, so it's just like a mass hysteria running around and it, but it, you know that's that's the fun did the momentum momentum stop yeah actually yeah panathinaikos uh, made a little bit yeah was, <laughs> did they did they wind up flipping and the other team won you know i don't even they remember. at least covered i don't even remember. did you did you make a note of how mario responded to the adversity of a bomb threat being called it it was really just kind of boring but it was scary for a minute until everyone you know i looking around everyone just thought it was ro- routine this is just what we do no worries no worries everyday thing so, for the people who don't know, I mean, yeah. before I met you guys, before I worked in this industry, I probably would have envisioned the scout is on the road sitting in, you know, down by the court, having their own section, nice lap. 
a lot of times you're just in the crowd, right? So in that scenario, is that what the experience was? Were you just sitting in a normal seat? You know, Ashley can talk about this too, but it's totally random how, you know, different venues, college, G League, NBA, Europe, all these different leagues and teams treat visiting scouts, right? Sometimes you sit on the front row and they Same treat you like a media. VIP and, and <laughs> no, no front row anymore. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. Sometimes you're on the upper deck. I, I remember one time I was going to scout Marcus Smart at Oklahoma State, and all the scouts that gave us a seat on the upper deck, I'm like, I can't see. I need to watch this guy. We have a big high. Yeah. I need to see. I snuck down in the student section, and I was jumping with the fans. I stood up the whole way just so I could get a better. How old were you at that time? Did you fit in? This is. I mean, how long has Smart been with Eight this? years eight, ago? Eight yeah. years. So it was probably nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, early 30s for you. You could have fit in. What, yeah, whatever. You're just getting your masters. Whatever it takes. I've jumped fences in Italy to get in games. Whatever it takes. Sometimes the credential's not there. You got to see the game. Have you ever called in a bomb threat if you were late? So you <laughs> tried to stop momentum a few times. Yeah. <laughs> File that away for really desperate measures. <laughs> Ashley, what's uh, what's the one that you've got in the, in the chamber for us here? Uh, craziest stories. I mean, I haven't been doing this as long as Austin, yeah. so I haven't had any bomb threats yet. But you're mostly domestic. Too, yes, right? I'm yeah, mostly so. domestic. So mine has just been flight coordination and trying to get to a place on time versus not making it at all. Uh, earlier last season or last year, you know, Christmas time, there was that huge like snowstorm that yeah. was taking over the Midwest. I was in Vegas uh, at G League Showcase trying to get back to the East Coast. And I called to change my flight, and they were like, oh, did you call to change because of the weather? I'm like, what weather? Because you have <laughs> no clue what's going on, really, on the outside. You're just like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, the weather? Because you're dialed in. Because you're dialed in on yeah. what you're doing. And I'm like, wait, there's a snowstorm. I'm like, when is this supposed to hit? So now I'm like trying to be a meteorologist and try to figure out, like, okay, if I leave at this time, I could get to Pittsburgh at this time, and I'll miss all the weather. Uh, so long story short... I went to change my flight. They changed it for the wrong day. So it's the day of the flight that I think I'm leaving on. And I'm like figuring out like, ah, can you change my flight back? to Like change it to this day. You changed it to the wrong date. The lady's yelling at me. I'm like, actually, I'm pretty calm right now. I understand. We just did some improv. So I'm like, yes, yes. And so I'm like, yes, I understand your frustration. However, you know, I'd really like for you to change my flight. That would be really Did she change it? She did, and I made it home in time. Next, we are turning it back to the 2018 playoff series between the Celtics and the Sixers, and in particular, the emergence of then-rookie 19-year-old Jason Tatum. Here is what Brad Stevens, Al Horford, and Doris Burke saw out of him during that series, and let me give you a clue. It was something special. Like 40 minutes tonight. Shot clock at eight. Tatum against Embiid. Tatum, got him beat off his feet. Great finish at the rim. Two-point game again. How about that play from the rookie? This was the moment where my eyes bulged, and I said, okay, all right. The Celtics don't just have a really good rookie. They have a player who could potentially be an all-time great. I just think the, uh, I don't know if it's ironic or whatever it is, because Joel Embiid wasn't a dominant player in 2018. He wasn't dominant yet. And when you talk about, when we talked at the start of the podcast about rivalries and what makes them great, 
it's something we don't get as much in professional sports, which is the same player staying with the same team for many years over and over again. And that adds to rivalries. And you're reading this list of Havlicek and Dr. J and Larry, because those guys stayed with the team for eight, nine, ten years. And of course, but Evan didn't. This is my point, which one of these doesn't belong here. For that reason, of course, Evan Turner should have been a 20 year sixer. We all know that, but it didn't happen. So, point being, here it is. We're sitting here looking back with nostalgia to a game five years ago. And we can talk about a game a couple of weeks ago where Tatum and Embiid are now going head-to-head and the layups that Tatum has gotten against Embiid over the years with different moves and everything, you know, was sort of born, as you said, of this moment. And it's not just us who thought that. Everyone else did. So let's hear what they had to say about Jason Tatum and really what most people see as his coming out party. This is when he established himself as, I'm a player everyone needs to pay attention to. This action stabilized me in that game. It felt like, okay, we need a good shot. Tatum will figure it out with a simple step in this. And that's when I knew that it was he was at a different level than even a couple months before. Um, then the next game, he reads a cut, and he back cuts for the game winner, right? So, yeah, or, yeah. I forget if it was Smart that hit him or he hit Smart. Yep. I so, can't, I can't so one of them read the cut and the other cut, and it was just like a – it was a it was a 27 year old veteran read, not a 19 year old read. And but this action, which there were several versions of this in this game, and he read it several different ways, was just designed to give him a step and a read, and he just made the right play over and over. He given me chills because he could pull it off. And Joel Embiid has been one of the elite defenders. Not only is he elite, he's got dancer's feet at seven foot, 250 plus pounds. He can turn left and right. He, he can navigate east and west. And I go back to what I, I said about the demeanor. So, so Jason hits him with a move. You've got to get by and not to be sped up, not to have your mind ahead of where you want. So to dead stop in the restricted area with that guy in front of you and to have the presence of mind to keep your pivot down and then send the up fake that gets that defender committed and then finish the play at that age. I mean, I couldn't believe he pulled it off. I was like the fearlessness to attack in the moment and then again to be able to execute the move. I mean, shoot, pretty incredible stuff. I was just impressed with this poise. Um, I remember just kind of looking over my shoulder and being like, "Like, okay, um, like, like we we got something here." Because he, it, it was timely plays. It was, you know, reading the defense, making the simple play, making the right play, but also not afraid, um, not afraid at all of the moment. He, I feel like he almost like, you know, he wanted to be in those positions uh, to make make those plays, make those decisions. And uh, and down the stretch, you know, he was huge for us. But, but yeah, I feel like that Philly series, uh, you know, was kind of a, in my eyes, it was kind of like a, like a coming out party for him. So greatness takes what? An insatiable appetite to attack your weaknesses. And we have seen that from the outset of Jalen, or Jason's career. Jason has, has identified, oh, I made that mistake once in a critical moment. I'm not going to repeat that mistake. Oh, I don't finish going left. I don't finish well enough in the restricted area. I'm going to fix that. 
it takes humility and it takes work habits. And he's got both. That's how you become great. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Next up, we talked to Rob Williams about what it's like to be a father in the NBA while these players are navigating a crazy schedule on a daily basis. As he said, it's difficult but he always finds a way because he loves his kids so much. This was a very heartwarming episode, and this is one of the top moments from that conversation. You talked about learning how to juggle the league life and parenthood. That, mm-hmm. That's something that I want to concentrate on here because I don't think everyone out there really can understand until you're on that plane it's a and lifestyle. flying it, in and out and getting different. home at midnight after a home game. Like, <laughs> There, there's only so many hours in a day. Facts, facts. So, I mean, I, I have a dog, and I feel like I have barely time to take the dog outside. So I can only imagine an actual human being that's depending on me. Facts, facts. How, how have you tried to carve the right amount of time out, and what is the right amount of time um, um, that you have found in your personal life? So, um, obviously, any off day or any day, you know, just a practice day, but... um. I try to so which there aren't many. There are, just to be clear, are, yeah. I just want to throw that out <laughs> there. True. Games but, and travel uh, on a game like regular day. We hear you know shoot around. We have shoot around say ten in the morning. Um, my son will get up around seven. I'll I'll sit with him uh, when he gets up just because I know I have to leave him like an mm-hmm. hour for shoot around. Uh, spend that time with him when I get back. Maybe spend like two or three hours with him. Take a uh, pregame nap. Most of the times, if he doesn't go to the game, he's down by the time I get yeah. out or get home. Or even when he does go to the game, we pull up in the house and I'm like, hey, Hendrix, you ready to get out the car? Turn around. He, <laughs> he, he, he knocked out. So 
any, like you said, any rare off day or any time that we have, you know, I try to just take them to do something, the aquarium, you know, um, mm-hmm. little jungle gym, take our dog to the park, anything. You just got to, it's so hard to plan. It's like you don't know until the day before. Like yep. we don't know our schedules until like, yep. you know, the day before. We may, they say we don't have something, then we got a mandatory <laughs> film and it throws off, you know, mm-hmm. the whole day. So you got to just work around it. Do you really wake up at seven with him when you can? Yeah, yeah. I wake up That's at impressive. like seven every morning. Even when we get back from a road trip yeah. at three o'clock in the morning, yeah, I wow, go, gosh, I go pretty early. no, You're I'm a laying, wild I'm, man. I'm laying in bed with the kids yelling at me like five more minutes. Yeah, well, I, I kind of hate me alone. I hate the fact that I'm a light sleeper because I'm always the first to hear him cry in the morning, and I try to like block try, it out. Yeah, I try to just close my eyes a little harder. I'm like maybe Asia here, but nah. I'm I put a pillow over my <laughs> Try to hide? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> From the reality that's coming. Um, I, I spoke to Al about the same topic, and yeah. we're going to hear from him later in the episode. But he talked about you and Jason. And first and foremost, that he, he didn't have his first child until he was seven years in the league. Mm-hmm. So very different scenario from you guys. And he just couldn't conceptualize how you guys were able to juggle the two things. That's one thing he said. But the other thing that really stood out to me is that he can just, when you guys are, are around your kids, he can see, like, the pure joy yeah. in your eyes. Yeah. How would you describe... You can how, see it now. Yeah, how, yeah, how yeah, it makes you uh, feel to, to be around your kids and, and to be a proud parent. <laughs> what, is, what is that emotion? It's actually funny because when he goes to sleep at nighttime, like, I'll be on my phone and I'll see... A, I was just with him three hours ago before he went to sleep and I'll see a picture or something and I'm like... Man, I can't wait till he wakes up so I can hug him. <laughs> but um, that joy, man, is just seeing. I think it's two things for me. It's seeing myself in him and it's seeing him learn to do things on his own. I think that's the most proud he makes me as his dad. It's funny. I'm actually smiling by the heart. But You're proud, man. You can like, tell. Even when he learned how to walk, you know, um, we first tried to get him to walk. He take a couple of steps and he would fall and he would just crawl, you know, the rest of the way. Yeah. But now, like, if he falls, he, he'd get back up, you know, and he doesn't know little things like yeah. that. You know, they, I'm smiling big as, you know, big as day behind him, but it's, it's little stuff like that, man. And I think, I think he might be saying dada, but I don't want to be the person to toot their own horn, <laughs> so I'm just, I'm going to wait till it's clear. Dada is easier to say than mama for those first words. (laughs) And lastly, we're going to wrap up with a late season episode with the one and only, the captain, Paul Pierce. He joined us to talk about pretty much everything from his career here in Boston. And one of the things that really stood out was when he discussed his early years here in Boston, when he was trying to learn about what it was like to be a Celtic and really what he pointed out that really stands out in his mind were his conversations with the one and only, the legend, the pillar of this organization, Red Auerbach. We all know you grew up a Lakers guy. You grew up in L.A. How long did it take you to understand and, like, integrate yourself into the culture here? Because, you know, we can't lie. Like, that's not going to happen overnight for anyone. Like, you've, you got to learn that history. you got to understand. you got to see those guys and have those conversations. So I'm just curious what that process was like for you as a young guy coming into the league. Man, I'm not going to lie. You know, I was on the outside looking at, you know, with Boston culture and where Boston tradition was all about, because I didn't really follow it that close as I did the Lakers. Yeah. But for 
it hit right away. And you know when it hit? When I first got there and I had my first conversation, like, you know, I was talking to Red Arbat, <laughs> like, one of my first weeks there. I was like, whoa, hold on. This is the dude I see on the NBA highlights, smoking a cigar, celebrating 11, 12 championships. This is really him right here. You know, now I'm having a conversation. <laughs> Did and, you smoke a cigar with him? No, I didn't smoke Come a cigar. Come on, P. I was sitting there. This is when I first met him. Yep. You know, he was having this golf charity tournament. And this was like, this is like after the season or before the season, one or the other. But this is like one of my, I think maybe my second year because yep. we had a lockout. So maybe my second year. And it was just like, man, there he go. He, you know, I'm just sitting there really talking to him. And he sat there. And I remember we sat on the couch. And I think we might have talked for a good 30 minutes. And I was like, man, he really paying attention. He really, <laughs> he really sees something in me. You know, and it was just like from that point on, I was like, man, oh, man, I got to appreciate this. You know, I get to be around so many legends and I'm looking up every day. It's just, it, it just caught on. I probably had to say my second, third year, I was, I was head first dove in. So it took a couple years for you to like yeah. get to that point. Yeah, definitely. A couple years of being around uh, the legends and, and being and getting lost in the city through the rotaries. You know, I had to, that took a while. <laughs> I do that every day. <laughs> it took a while for that for me to get used to that. But uh, yeah, it was like after man, my second or third year, I was all in. And then yeah, it was me, after my first year, I spent the whole summer in Boston. And then the next year, I spent another summer in there. So I was there just just eating it all up, getting used to the city, getting out in the community. You know, I already spent a lot of time at home my first uh, couple years. That was a conscious decision or was that like, did, did the team ask you to do that? On a team that asked me, I just wanted to be in a gym. That was the only place I can get the gym 24-7 and, and, and 360 every night. And so it was just like me and my best friend come out like, look, we can go. We'll go to the gym in the morning. But I had 24-hour access to the gym, and we'll go in the gym and lay at night. You know, it'd be times where I go in there. Rick Pitino was in there. Ten o'clock, he'll see me in there. You know, me and my me and my boy working out. That's awesome, man. Those are great memories. Um, so we we touched on having the legends around, but then there's also the element of you're coming onto a team early in your career when there's other guys who have already gone through it. They've already had those few seasons with the Celtics. They've already integrated themselves into the culture so and uh -huh. we're talking about guys like kenny anderson antoine had been here for a couple seasons when you came in what's the process that you experienced as a young guy of like them showing you what it means to be a celtic well yeah i'm definitely watching and i'm asking questions i'm just seeing everybody's habits you know when you first get there you know you, you take a look around and you see, you know, yeah, you got these other 10, 12, 13 guys on the team, but you look and you're like, man, who who best fits where I'm trying to go? You know, who habits am I trying to follow? Uh, you know, on the court, off the court, and uh, you look around and be like, all right, I'm going to get under this best wing because I, I like, you know, what he's doing. I like what he's teaching me. Uh, you know, he's really making sense, showing me the ropes. You know, so, you know, early on, it was like uh, Twad, Dana Barros, you know, was real close. He will. So I took on like two or three guys where, mm -hmm. I'm like, man, Dana gonna be here again. I'm gonna get shots up with Dana, man. He can shoot, man. I'm gonna get here early. You know, I'm gonna work on some posts with Twan. He like, man, you need to get here. And I was always made an emphasis to work under them guys just to kind of see the routine and learn a routine. Uh, 
And once I figured out what my routine was going to be, and that took a few years, you know, because these guys are established pros. You look at guys like Kenny Anderson who've been in the league, you know, and you look at the guys who had that longevity too, like Dana and Kenny. Yeah, yeah, we had Twan, but he was still learning too as he yeah. was going because he third year. And so I was looking at that, those guys who had a little bit more time in the league and just kind of see, you know, they, they've been here for a little while, so I'm going to watch them a little more close and then figure it out. So that is it for season three of View from the Rafters. We are so appreciative of every single one of you who gave us a listen or a watch. We took this thing to YouTube this year. We hope you enjoyed that. So for Abby Chin, for Sean Grandy, for our producer, John Picard, thank you so much. We can't wait to see you for season four next season. And in the meantime, let's go get that banner. See you later, everyone. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.